Welcome to the Behind the Player Podcast. I'm your host and Survival Challenge Season 9 alum, Jason Sarowski. For those new to the podcast, Survival Challenge is an accelerated five-day version of the CBS reality show Survivor, held in Macomb, Illinois, each summer. Although the application window is closed for the upcoming season, you can still donate or even volunteer to help with the show. Head on over to survivalchallenge.net for more information. We got a co-host today again, production team member, William Hermanot. What's up, William? Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jason. Great to be back. Yeah, it's good. I had la- last couple episodes, I was kind of solo, so it's nice to have uh, some backup again today, especially um, with today's guests, so we can yes, dive, absolutely. dive I, uh, behind the scenes. Very excited about our guest. I really enjoyed watching them on Survivor, and it was really, really exciting to see... Uh, Missy, I'll just say, I don't know even why how to get this point. <laughs> it was really great to see Missy play again. Um, truly one of my more favorite modern Survivor players um, and was actually my pregame winner pick. Oh, wow. yeah. All right. Oh so God. I'll just let me jump right into it then. I'd like to introduce today's guest, Survivor Island of the Idols player and Survival Challenge season nine cast member with me, fellow bozo, Missy Bird. Hi, Missy. Yes. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all so much for having me today. Thanks for coming on. Um, before we get started into the like the game stuff, would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Definitely, yeah. I was on Survivor Season 39. It was a very wild experience. That was my first reality show. Before that, I was mostly backpacking, just traveling around the States. And then I got to go backpack Europe for a couple of years. That was really cool. Um I now own a home and I am currently trying to build different projects in there. So I've become Bob the Builder. That's been pretty fun. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty much it. All right. Um, so let's just do it then. Let's uh, let's jump into it. I've been kind of waiting to talk to you since <laughs> you and I had a special connection. So I wanted to mm-hmm. like pick your brain about it. So what I always ask everybody this, what um, brought you to Survival Challenge. How did you find out about it, and why did you decide to play? I think I started. I'm a huge fan of Survivor. So growing up, the reason I applied to Survivor on CBS because I watched it so often with my sibling, and and then in college I went to the Air Force Academy. I just love that concept of dropping your buff and getting a new chance at life. And so getting to apply for that was a dream come true. And then honestly, after playing Survivor that itch that urge doesn't go away getting to play that real life game and challenge yourself in that way that's just you want to chase that for the rest of your life and so i had just moved either i was about to move to spain or i had just moved to denver i can't remember but a friend was like do you play the orcs and i am not computer i am not technology anything i really belong in the jungle and i was like i don't know what an org is like what is that an organization of who and she showed me these games online on Instagram, Discord, some on Zoom, that people are playing Survivor with their, like, just random humans just hosting Survivor, and they're playing it, and it feels real. You can go through all the same manipulation, lying, like, all these things that make the game so interesting and fun. And so I played my very first org game, and I got to play with Ron Clark and a few people from his season and a few people from my season. And it was a bit traumatizing, but also the most fun I've ever had. And ever since then, I started looking into a couple of more games. Me, Jamal, and Aaron from my season from 39, we played, we played one to support Sunday. 
and to raise money for her cancer. And that game also was just, it was so beautiful. The community's coming together to support another alum. And from that, from that on, I tried, I started looking at Bryce and Wendell playing in the Philly version, the in-person Philly version. And Mm -hmm. just from like looking around, I met a couple of people who ran this one. And I was like, this looks intense and wild and I would love to try it out. And so this was my very first in-person game. And it honestly met every single expectation I could ever have about playing. All right. So you alluded to a little bit earlier, but I'd love for you to expand more about um, what you were kind of lacking or seeking more of from your survivor experience that you're looking to get out of another survivor game experience. Definitely. I think the survivor experience I had on the island in Fiji, it was so great. But every time that I look back on it, I feel very young and I feel like I went into it very naive. And a lot of the strategies and skill sets that I used in that game, I always, I still have dreams about it years later. I wish I would have done this at this time. And so I think that's me chasing perfection, which we are working on. But I also think it's just having the ability to see what you can do. I just, I want that in every phase of my life and I don't want that to go away. And I, also, I always say I want to play this game, but without the weight of the million dollars. It, you would play so differently. Or I would, always, I would always think to myself, you would play differently. A million dollars could change my family life. You know, My family didn't have a lot of money growing up. And so a lot of the ways that I would play, probably a lot of the reasons why people would say I'm more of a villain than not, is because that money would change every single person. Like, it just would do that so much. And so to play this game but just play it for fun and to have a field day with just people who I care about and are also in the same community, that experience in person is what I was looking for. And that's what it felt like getting to come and do this. It felt like I was having a field day with a bunch of clowns and it was really cool. Yeah, that, it was, it was cool. Um, so, so talk to me about your journey to Macomb, um, like how you got there and then kind of like, your journey to the drop-off point, like when we first get started. Okay, sweet. Uh, my journey is really funny. I I do this to myself. So last summer, I was just, I had just gotten out of a relationship, first time single in a while. So all of last summer, when I tell you I did not sleep, I was outside, mostly naked in pasties. That was pretty much June through August, trying to keep it going into October. And... <laughs> So the day before getting on my flight, I had a date and I literally stayed out at that date pretty much up until the next morning that my flight was taking off. So what does that mean? I, I felt like it was not problematic only because I'm going to go stay in the jungle again. You don't need clothes to go to the jungle. So I didn't pack a bag. I literally left the date three or 4 a.m., ran to my house, put like a pair of socks in a bag and a canteen and then hopped on the 6 a.m. flight and made it uh, to the game site. And I don't regret a thing. Um, But so getting there, I didn't feel super, super prepared, but also that was the point for me. Sometimes I take things so serious. Like the fireplace that I'm building, I have been staring at every individual piece of tile for way too long. It's fine, just place the tile. But sometimes I can get very, very, I think that comes from the Air Force Academy and just my, my upbringing. I need to be very serious for a very long amount of my life. And so I'm still working on that and getting to just show up at this game. I have no bags. I have no expectations. I just want to have a good time that I think that's probably why I stayed up all night, but yeah. 
That's pretty funny. That's crazy, actually. I don't I don't know anyone that went to into it like that. That is all right. So you don't get any sleep. You show up at the very last minute with basically mm-hmm. nothing, and you're dropped off at the site. So let's talk about um, first impressions and kind of what. Take just take me through like your experience of getting dropped off. Like boom, you're dropped off. Definitely. Getting dropped off, the first thing that I'm thinking going into games with fans is, one, how am I going to be perceived based on what they think of the edit of the TV show? And two, how is that going to influence getting to play? Because ultimately, I want to play and have fun, but I don't want y'all to kick me off right away because you think I'm too conniving or too good at XYZ. And so that was definitely in my head. Like, don't – and it's different – everyone playing these games, these in-game Survivor games, you love Survivor. So therefore, you don't have to be a fan of mine, but you do know me and you do know how I play. Every single person there could probably give you a a summation of Missy, what season, probably my age, where I'm from, and just like bullet points on my gameplay. And honestly, as an alum, that's super threatening. And if you already know, if you have already seen all my tools, how can I bring out new ones and still play well? And so it was a cool challenge to go into, which I would say is a lot harder than stepping onto a brand new season of Survivor where no one knows nothing. So knowing that people know this about me, how can I act, be, play to not, um, just to win people over, to win hearts and minds. And so as I'm getting out of my car, that's all I'm thinking. And then getting to see other alumni showing up because I didn't know, I didn't know the other alumni who were playing. And so getting to see them show up as well, I'm thinking, how does that fit into my gameplay? Will I be the only alum on a, on a team? Do I want to get rid of the other alumni? Do I want to work with them and not work with the fans? So that pretty much, those big three were just running through my mind constantly. You uh, have by chance watched any of the past seasons where alumni were present. I know on the most recent seasons we haven't had Survivor alumni, but on the earlier seasons we have. Have you seen how that turned out for them? And if so, did you take any notes? I haven't seen, but I am friends with um, a lot of the Georgia survivors. I don't know why his name is slipping my mind. Obviously, this is so sad. Our newscaster, Rick Devins. So me and Rick, we talk quite a bit. So I know like what the games were like for him and for others. I know Adam got to play. I'm friends with him and his fiance. Wow. So I know I knew what it would be like. But I hadn't actually seen the gameplay. But in all the other online games that I've played, it's always been a bit of contention. And I think this is a cool thing about Survivor. The psychology of it, even if you watch 50 years of tape, your season could still be very, very different than the past seasons. So almost Mm. in that way, film, like with basketball, I can watch film and I can lock down a player. You can't really watch film and like lock down a strategy that will get you to the end in Survivor, which I think gives us all a fair shot. And so I didn't, I didn't feel the need to watch film going into this one. Also, because my whole point of this one was don't be so hard on yourself. Don't take it mm. so seriously. Have fun. When I got casted for Survivor, I moved from Seattle to D.C. I moved into my best friend's apartment, and I watched every single season three times. I sat there from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. every single day on a schedule. I would watch 9 to 12, work out 12 to 2, and then 2 to 6, continue watching Survivor. And then I had a notebook of voting strategies, um, ways to, if you are lying about this, how to cover it up, who you should talk to, who you should sleep next to. 
And I did that for about two to three months before I left wow. my game. And that is just too much. And so I didn't want to get anywhere near what I know I'm capable of doing for this game. I genuinely wanted to come here, the clothes on my back, and just have a good time. Wow, that's that's I've never yeah. heard something as extensive as that. <laughs> it's oh, that is that's amazing. Um so with that in mind, I really want to ask, in your opinion, what is the right amount of preparation? Because especially on this part of the podcast, it's kind of asking people, you know, what, what was your preparation? So since you've gone from one complete polar end to the other, what do you think is like for future players of Survival Challenge or any Survivor game, what do you think is the right amount of preparation? I think the right amount is, it's like not the, it's not the greatest answer, but it's what feels good to you. Looking back on how I was for going into Survivor, that's two months of a lot of film, my conversations, everything about my life was about Survivor. But that's what I needed to feel that I gave myself the best shot to win. And upon losing, I don't have any heart, I don't have any heartache. I don't feel as though I'm lesser than because I know that on the front end, I put so much effort in. I did everything I possibly could to help my odds in this lottery game. Hmm. And that's what I needed for me. And that's just, for me, that is a part of my upbringing. And I know what factors in my childhood led to me being that way to need that comfort. So I think when you sit and you're going into a new experience, a new survival experience, you do what makes you feel comfortable. If the cold is something that you struggle with, which is what I struggle with, maybe you're taking a cold bath once a day just to get your body ready to, to feel that pain. And if you struggle with being a bit more socially awkward or you think that people won't uh, enjoy being around you, maybe I'm going to events that I normally wouldn't go to. Maybe I'm going to do karaoke now. Maybe I'm going to do X, Y, Z because that is not something I would normally do. And so I think that would prepare me. So it's all about your mindset and what you think you need. I think if you sit down and be honest with yourself and where you think your game is lacking, where I felt my game would be lacking and where I wanted to be strong was, was statistics and trusting my gut. And so to make sure I trusted my gut, I gave myself as much film as possible to back my gut up with validation. So for example, if we're in a 5-4 split, I know, I know what I want to do in a 5-4 split if I'm in the minority, but also I have these, I have two months worth of, in every single 5-4 split, here's what happened. And I can tell you every single one, what advantage was played, what advantage wasn't played, the relationship that allowed somebody on the bottom minority to go into the majority and having those numbers in my head, it calmed me to trust my gut. So I think you just sit with yourself and whatever you need, you give to yourself before stuff like this. Cause this is a hard experience, regardless of who you are. All right. That's deep. I didn't know Good that stuff. And just to clear the record, um, I've never told you this Missy, but I didn't know who you were. Mm. I I had taken a little break from basically all TV uh, just because of stuff I was going through in my life. And that included Survivor and Big Brother during those years. And yeah. uh, I still haven't seen your season. So I actually had no idea who you were until people were like, hey, she was on Survivor. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But Dude, um, I love that. Yeah, but our relationship was genuine because I did, I didn't, I'd never seen you on TV before. That makes me like, I'm already, I already love you. And I mean, I'm already happy that I have you in my life, but that just, oh, dude, it really was just a genuine two friends meeting for the first time in the sandbox. And that felt like that. Two people who are very much alike in personality too, I would say. Definitely immediate connection. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. 
Um, so, okay, so you got the car and you've got, you got Culper, you got big man Culp, you got Francis and Jordan. Um, and you guys come together and you go on your journey. Talk to me about your journey. Uh, as we're walking to the camp. So I'm looking at them and I can tell for sure that they do know who I am just by how they're looking at me and smiling and like giggling. <laughs> and so we start walking together. I'm still in my mind thinking, how are we going to speak whenever we're allowed to speak for the first time? Like when we get to wherever we're going, obviously we're going to be separate from other teams. Am I on a four man team? That's a small team. What does that mean for the game? So I'm already running numbers, even though I promised myself I wouldn't be, but that's just who I am. I run numbers. Um, and getting to the camp, the first thing I told myself was do not take charge, sit back, let them do it. First off their experience, their very first experience. It's also really cool and humbling for me to see kind of a younger self getting to do this for the first time. It was so threatening and so scary. And now I'm getting to witness it through the eyes of other fans who just love this game. And I think that thought for me was just so beautiful and getting to see Culp like should we this is pretty dirty here should we just get we oh we don't have a broom like getting to see him do that just made my life and so we get there I'm pretty quiet I introduce myself I say obviously like I'm from Survivor doesn't mean anything I really want to play with you guys and we just have a really good conversation and it felt good to start I felt pretty good with the team I was a bit unsettled about our size just, and that might've been a basketball thing. I never want to be the biggest or the tallest or the strongest. That's too much work. I am not, listen, I want to think, I want to sit back. I want to think about our strategy. I'm not really trying to lift heavy things too much. You know, like I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> it's a target too. If you're all of those things in one, it's like, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, you guys do your little journey. You guys talk. I, I've heard from the other. I've done. I've talked to Culper. I haven't talked to Francis or Jordan yet. But uh, he said you guys basically thought it was like a race, and you guys kind of booked through it. Didn't really see any other teams along the journey, right? And then you guys jumped right into your um, your rope puzzle. Did you guys? Did you guys finish that? I don't think we did. Uh, I feel like our team became stronger once the full group was together. And if we mm -hmm. did finish the rope puzzle we didn't win something from it. Like we didn't, we didn't do, we didn't do it well or to completion. I feel like. Okay. I think the, 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 um, it was like the extra husk and maybe an extra flint or something like that to help with the, what would yeah. be the challenge that night. You guys didn't yeah, get that? Definitely not. We got no extra help, which makes sense okay. because my memory of that puzzle is, it's non-existent actually. The first puzzle showed up and I think my memory of that puzzle is non-existent because I'm like, lay back, do not touch. Do not direct. Do not yeah. say a word. And if we lose this challenge, fine. Like, I, I need it to be fine. So I actually have no memory of that. <laughs> okay. So your strategy coming in, and just before we move forward, your your strategy coming in, it sounds like, was to kind of not be yourself. Kind of like, or not put a target because you already are a survivor player. So you kind of wanted to just be like middle of the road, middle of the path. Definitely. Like, I wanted some equilibrium. And knowing that we can't find equilibrium just because I'm starting here, you already mm -hmm. know based on, I know that you know me that I have XYZ knowledge. I can't come in already having XYZ knowledge. And also I'm giving commands. And also why would you put the tarp there? Nope. Nope. Do yeah. your thing, big dog. Do your thing. So I was just trying to 
exist for a while, especially until I don't think I was convinced that that was my whole team. And if that's not my whole team, where's everybody at? And what does yeah. this mean? So yeah. I didn't feel like there was any point for me to speak yet. Nothing's happening. There's no challenge on the line. My life is not on the line. We're not getting voted out as far as I know right now. There's no advantage to me talking. If I were to speak, instant disadvantage in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we get to the fire challenge and uh, how how did you guys fare at that? I know you guys didn't. Did you guys get a fire at least eventually? Uh, we did. I wouldn't call it a fire. It wasn't enough to burn any rope or anything, but we got some mm. sparks. Same type of mentality for this fire challenge. This is the first time we're across, you know, football size field. We can see everybody. I'm just trying to see what other alumni are playing because yeah. I'm trying to see if I have friends playing, if I have like frenemies playing. I just want to see who is out here. And so once again, just like with uh, that first challenge, I'm not touching too much. Obviously, y'all know I can make a fire. I don't need to. And also, you got it. So I was just trying to collect information. I'm more so looking around, trying to be helpful, like handing sticks maybe or whatever. But I had no involvement in our win or loss. All right. And did you, did you, were you able to like glean any information from, you know, the football field size area? Did you see Donathan or Denise or did you, did you notice anything or were you kind of focused on your challenge? Uh, I saw Donathan, I saw Denise, I saw Adam's at that time girlfriend and I was like, that's cool. Um, and so I was just instantly trying to, trying to work through what I knew about these people and our personal relationships and how would that benefit me or hurt me in the game. So mm -hmm. I was playing the game in my head, but handing sticks. <laughs> yeah. So we get through that green and, and uh, purple wins. That's my team. And then uh, Brinkley's team. Um, we both get, well, I, we get an advantage and then Brinkley got the, uh, the tarp or the extra tarp or whatever they got. And then you guys go back to camp. Is there, how did that first night go with just the four of you? What did you guys end up doing? Uh, it was awful. We, because we did not get a tarp. We didn't get anything. You yeah. had one tarp the first we, night. We had a tarp. Okay, Everybody yes. had one tarp. Okay, cool. So we cleared. We cleared out this little small area. It's only four of us, so we don't need that much space. And we spent pretty much all, the rest of sunlight trying to find a way to make that tarp just stand this like uh, at a slant, just in case yeah. rain is coming down. I'm giving some input and help there, just because it's a small team, and obviously. Now we've seen the other teams. No one else is coming. This is our team as far as we know. And so it was It was horrible. It was a disaster. Our tent, we might have already, we should have already been called the clowns because our tarp looked like a big circus disaster. It was, <laughs> it was awful. If any type of storm or rain would have hit that thing, we're done for. In uh, the night's sleep, honestly, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it wasn't my worst night's sleep in the jungle and it wouldn't be my best, you know? Yeah. Did you yeah. guys get wet at all? You guys got your tarp kind of figured out then, right? I mean, you weren't getting soaked. It was it was like half up and then half. I'm going to do what I want. So yeah. pretty much half of our bodies were good, and we tried to put all of our heads together. And yeah, then yeah. whatever happens to the lower parts is what, is what happens. Obviously, Macomb, not quite Fiji. Mm -hmm. What were the environmental differences, uh, you know, staying on the wilderness compared, like, Definitely. It was more with Fiji. You don't get, I'm from Georgia, so I'm used to like swampland. I'm used to humid air. In Fiji, it really is just a tropical paradise. You know, you're not really feeling too much of 
that humidity where it's just like muggy or foggy. And also the land, the earth is more forgiving. You can dig easier. Um, you can you can literally form a bed with your hands, with the sand or with the dirt. That's how malleable it is. And you could just, you could tell the difference being in Macomb and we were on farmland. So it was a little bit, a little bit harsher. Some of the parts of it were, we didn't have the tools to, to remove these thickets or these like these needles, you know? And so it was a bit harsher in that way. I think Fiji feels like a vacation in comparison, actually. That's interesting. You would think like, uh, you know, the first night you're sleeping, you hear the train. So you're like, oh, I'm kind of near society. I'm near like something, some sort of like civilization. Um, you know, you wouldn't think that it, it would be harsher in some ways, but I can see what you mean about, I mean, if you're a beach person, can't help but love Fiji. Obviously, you don't want to be in the rain and the cold at night, but um, the days right. make up for it, I guess. Yeah, like the rain is, rain sucks if you're sleeping outside without cover, but the rain is just, for example, if you sleep on the beach, we slept on the beach every night in Fiji because our, our camp at Lyra was on a slant. And so I, I have a bad back, so I can't sleep on the bamboo. So I never slept in the shelter and sleeping on the beach. I can make a nice Tempur-Pedic mattress with a nice little <laughs> curve for my spine. Yeah. Yeah. And if it rains on you in the, on, on the beach, that sand, it's, that sand will soak up that water. It's gone. Sand's not going to make mud, but we didn't have that option in Macomb. And so you're waking up to mud everywhere. I've never had to do so much mud control, you know? Yeah. And obviously, you know, super fans will know. The show, the show is fake, right? So it is edited. If there's too much mud somewhere in our camp, production will come in while you're sleeping and they'll lay down some uh, dead palm fronds or they'll lay down some, um, some coconut husks just to make an easier path for you to walk. We're not doing that in Macomb. So if you, if you got mud, you got mud. And so in that way, it, w- it was easier uh, on the show, which is really cool. It's a humbling experience to be able to come to something that is smaller scale but then giving me as much or if not more difficulty is really cool. And I really appreciated that. Yeah. So, so you get through the first night, which isn't terrible. Then we wake up to a little bit of rain in the morning and we, uh, we get some tree mail and we meet, we meet our merge tribes. So mm-hmm. give me your first impressions of the new Wabozo, the new clowns, as you would come to the clowns yeah so for me like this is where the game begins for me that first night honestly super foggy we got through it i'm not really trying to activate my game in any way very much thinking about my presence and how i'm coming off to my team but then getting with clowns now we got you know we got a little bit more height we got some speed we got strength and like okay cool like we can work with this we can we can push this forward we haven't voted anyone out yet um I feel like instantly coming together, it was, it really did feel like field day mentality. Just like, guys, meet your new fifth graders. All right, cool. We're best friends and we're going to hang out. Let's put our jerseys on. That's really how it all <laughs> felt. Like, it just felt instantly good with the whole team. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, did you have any initial thoughts about, I mean, I know it's early, but before we even jump into the first barrel challenge, I mean, I guess, I guess you couldn't really, okay, take, let's go through the barrel challenge first. And yeah. then you can talk about like what you thought of the team dynamics of everybody okay. on the team. So it's raining. We got the barrels. what do you think about that? Just the barrel challenge as our first challenge definitely was going to allow me to see how our connectivity was and how we work together. 
of all the challenges that we had during field day, it was the hardest, I feel like. Everything else just took a little bit of skill, a bit of luck, a little bit of fun. But yeah. the barrel challenge was it's pouring raining on you. So a lot of people do not stand out in the rain. Your brain's probably not working the same way that it would. You need to work together and think about critical pieces. If this piece does not move before this piece, you fail. And that type of thinking, I think having that challenge first, actually, as we as we talked about it, it may have kicked me more into the survivor mode that I was trying not to be in because yeah. I'm not going to lose. I'm not trying to lose anything. I, I refuse to lose. If I need to put the team on my back and the barrels and the planks, we will not lose. And yeah. so as we're getting started, I really do feel my competitive energy pumping up. And I loved, that's where me and you clicked instantly because same energy, like we're not going to lose. And nah. if a team does come in first, we're definitely not getting last. So I yeah. I can accept maybe not a first place finish because it's our first time coming together, but I refuse to come in last. And to see so many of us have that same mentality and just figure it out because we were in last place for a good bit of that. We were like yep. doing pretty poorly for a good bit of that. And you just see the, what is that word? The curve, like the when you're learning the learning curve, the learning yeah. curve for us, the connectivity just clicked. And when it did, we sped up and we took uh, not last place. And so for me, that first challenge showed us that we had the potential to win. And the more that we get to know each other, the more we will win. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a tough one. Um, mm -hmm. And it was funny because we talked about it a couple of times on the podcast when they're broadcasting it live on Facebook, Sam is like, well, we did this in like, you know, 20 minutes for dream team, you know what I mean? And, and we're out here for 45 minutes to an hour getting this done. And they're kind of like not clowning us, but kind of you know, wondering why it was taking so long. But um, again, you're right. When your brain, your brain is cloudy, it's raining. You just mm -hmm. met these people and you don't want to, you don't want to be like yelling at somebody like, what, what are you doing? Or like, you don't want to bark orders because you're still, you're playing a social game at the same time. It, all those added elements make it such a difficult challenge to start with. Yeah. But, Statistically, Dream Team will always finish first. It's never a surprise to me when people are like, Dream Team did this, and that makes sense. First off, a camera's rolling. We To have Facebook Live going, everyone saw. I'm not sure who was manning the camera, but we saw the camera there. I'm used to it because the reality shows have become a big part of my life. But if it's your first time doing this type of game, the cameras do affect you. And then you do have that social presence in your mind. How am I showing up? How am I presenting myself? Should I pull back? Should I lean in more? And that that should I do this? Should I do that? That's costing time. So for mm -hmm. us to take double the time of the dream team makes perfect sense to me. I do also love just this watching this challenge really making it because obviously the dream team didn't have to deal with this challenge in the pouring rain because mm -hmm. uh, it was also pouring. Rain. Mm -hmm. So you guys are also just trying to be safe, you know, uh, on these uh, slick barrels. But uh, I always love it when the first challenge or like the first like day two challenge, if you will, um, is like a really intense one that kind of wakes everyone up being like, yep, this is what you should expect. It's time to like, you know, get in gear in. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. Yeah, it definitely set. I think I didn't have expectations for the challenges yet. The first day, obviously, hands off. Guys, do your thing. I'm not here to coach. I'm not here to guide. But then seeing this barrel challenge, it, it set the bar. I was like, all right, the bar is high. And if the bar is high, you know where I'm going? I'm going to the bar and we're about to play. So I really enjoyed that. 
so reward day. Reward day is a big day for the bozos, right? We we bond. We go through a whole a bunch of ups and downs. We've talked pretty much at length about every challenge um, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to give you a chance to – we'll kind of like run through. We don't have to talk about every challenge, but if there's anything that stood out to you like in your mind right now uh, from from reward day, um, what – yeah. What challenges do you think stood out to you? When I think of our time together as the clowns, I really don't think of any before or after. I only think of this day. Like this mm-hmm. day defined the entire experience for me and how I will carry it with me for years to come. Because I had, in my mind, I obviously don't want to show up in a way that um, would have people thinking like, wow, that edit, like she is, she is here to like the cutthroats. I didn't want to show up in that way. But the reward day just felt like there was no time. It was just us hanging out, coming together. And because we love each other and we're hanging out so much, anything is possible. The teams were bigger than us. Like blue team, they were stacked. They have some official, like some big D1 athletes, you know what I'm saying? And so to see us, literally some clowns, a band of misfits pull together and still beat these fools, it was just bringing me life every step of the way. And it was stuff that we all weren't even really good at doing. I don't play baseball, but here we are throwing these bricks, you know? Obviously, the basketball challenge, I would take a bit more seriously, and, and it meant a lot to do that. So if I do something well, I want to give that to our team. But just every single aspect of that day, even if it didn't fit what we were good at, I felt like we pulled together so well. And I think for me, ultimately, this day, there were two parts of, I think, my life that were coming in. This day and how well our team played together That is the epitome of me, what it means to love Survivor, to be a fan of the game and to build a community and a family, which I'm not close to mine. And so that day just felt really good to my heart and us all doing it together and going through the highs and lows and then going to camp that night and then struggling together as well. Like, oh, it just like, it just really, it just really, I think, warmed my heart in a way that in these games does not happen. In these games, I am here to win, and I don't care what I need to do to make sure that I win. And I think that day, the joy of that day, I just wanted our team to win. And I've never said that in these games. I genuinely have never, ever said that. Like, I hope we all do well. I've never felt that. I, Missy, want to do X, Y, Z. Like, I want to be MVP. And, and, uh, and like, yeah, I have the spotlight. Like, I've, I've felt that in these games because of my competitive nature. And it felt just as good to watch everybody else in our team do well and win those portions. And I think all of us coming together with that mindset is why we did well that day. And we cleaned up. We cleaned up. We did. We did clean it. We uh, we we definitely cleaned up. I, I think for me, um, one of the the funnest parts of just the day in general was when we would come out and you would start the chant for Rhea. And then we would all join the chant. And you, you were, you were definitely. And as I talked to everybody from um, from Bozo on the podcast, it, it is like hands down, like you were definitely our biggest like hype man, cheerleader. Like we we got our energy from you. Like it was mm. it was clear. Like we, like you and I are, are very alike. Yeah. But the energy level that you have was was way higher than me. Like you. You just brought the energy, and I think that's kind of that energy that we rode in through all those challenges that day. Definitely, you, just, you brought it for us. Yeah, I I appreciate that because that I, that felt like that was that's what I wanted to be. You know, like I wanted to play with us, but I also wanted to be our cheerleader. 
And also it was just so fun. How could you not scream and yell? And to not have incredible. Yeah. Like it just felt freeing. Like when I go out dancing, I feel like I'm a kid at a playground and that's how I was feeling uh, the whole day. (laughs) And to not have that pressure, like we talked about in the beginning, there's no pressure of a million dollars. I don't have the weight of my family's existence on my back. I'm not out here trying to change my mom's life to make up for the hard years that my grandma has had to live. I'm free. And to yeah. be so free, why would, the only answer is fun. And yeah. I think that really was coming across and how I was, how I was feeling and how I was yelling. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it, it elevated the experience, I think, for everybody. Everybody at the field, not just our team. But I think, yeah. I think you really elevated the experience for everybody. And I, I, I appreciate William, that. William will probably agree with me on that from a production side. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. So we, we, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about, um, we had a couple challenges. I think one of my favorites was when you and I were tied together and mm-hmm. we knocked that we knocked the blocks off that came yeah. back and, um, cause we were losing that one pretty bad because mm-hmm. of the balance beam. Um, that was pretty fun. And you said, well, you I mean, you're pretty athletic. I know. I mean, I know you play basketball, but you're not, you weren't, that's not your, your forte throwing the bags at, at the blocks. Yeah. I mean, like. Listen, end of the day, an athlete's going to athlete, period, right? So, no, I don't, I don't throw things necessarily. I do shoot, and that's what I would, want, I would prefer to do. But it's the same thing. I can fix my basketball shot to become a baseball player if that's what you need me to do. So I'm down to fit the role, especially if it means win or lose, you know? And I think that's just like an athlete's mentality. And to have us go and do that and knowing that that's not my strong suit, it felt good, again, to give that to our team and to be like, dude, like, I got you. Like, we're friends. I stepped up. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was fun. That was exciting. Yeah, that was a good one. And and that's something that I I excel in. You know, the hand eye coordination stuff, the throwing mm-hmm. of the of the bags, or the shooting the basketball. So that was like right up my right up my alley. So the balance thing is not. So I was I'm like more balance. Yeah, I was like, yo, I'm just gonna hold on to your shoulders, and you just run across, and we're just gonna yeah. do it. Because remember, we tried slow a couple times, and we couldn't get it. No, and we we're like, fuck it, let's just run across this thing. Yeah, when we can't do technical, we need to just pure athleticism it out. Yep. Just, yeah, just force I took it. like I took like two steps across that thing because we're both literally. tall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It was it was literally made for us to catch up in that way. Um, did anything stand out to you? Because I mean, yeah, we're 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 all a team and we're loving life and you know we're winning and but you know we we go to the tribe handler area like you know in between when they're setting up challenges and stuff. Did anything stick out to you? about our tribe or anybody in particular while we were kind of just hanging out, talking? Um, hanging out, talking. I felt like I could kind of get a good gauge on level of, on the level of fandom of each person. There are people who can tell you season eight in 2001, Rob wore a red shirt and the tribe name started with a T. And there are players that can like in their head, you know, and there are fans that feel that. And I could just tell that Alex was that. Oh, yeah. Just instantly. You could just see his mannerisms, the way he speaks about the game, the joy that he brings that he then tries to hide. I was like, okay, you know the stats. And if there ever comes a moment where we need to do trivia, you're the go-to guy. And that's your moment to shine. So I think in between each game, even though I didn't know what the challenges were coming up, I was just trying to assess everybody's strengths and weaknesses to Mm -hmm. if I had to step into the role that I don't want to step into of like do this do this do this I think we'll win that way I wanted to have that information in my mind and I think that helps calm me too in these like very high stress 
how do we win situations? I'm always trying to strategize and put our team in the best place to win. So I think we were all just hanging out and talking and that was great. And I loved the getting to know each other, but I'm just like, all right, trivia may be coming up and I got your number, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was mostly that. And also the way that we sat and talked, even if we didn't get a first place win or we came in last place, we we're behind by a few coins. We were all still very connected to each other and still very caring about personal life things and then locking it right back into game time. It felt yeah. like a really good 10 minutes, grab some water. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Love your wife. And then, all right, locked in. And I yeah. think having those 10 minutes of connectivity really showed itself on the field. Yeah, I think yeah. it did too. Did Did you think about, and we'll, we'll get into, you know, how you're, how you left the game, but, um, or how you were voted off. But did you think about strategy at all during the day? Like, we're going to keep it, like, if we had to go to tribal that night, we're going to keep it four red, four yellow, or we're going to keep it four red strong, or were you looking elsewhere? Like, what were you thinking in that regard? Because these games are so much different than uh, Survivor timeline-wise, you know, we were out there for 39 days. So I can't predict if... I, I can't tell in a four or five day game what sundown means. Does sundown mean that we are hitting the full merge tribe? Does sundown on day two means that we're voting out four people? Because mm-hmm. the games are so much shorter, it's there's just more freedom for the production team. And also for us, it makes it really difficult as a strategist. I, I can't. So knowing that, I didn't worry myself with things that I didn't have enough variables to feel comfortable in solving. I know my mind and I know that that would drive me stir crazy. If yeah. you, and that's why those two months before Survivor, I watched all those seasons. I know for a fact that merge comes between X day and X day. If there are this many people left, then merge day is probably this day statistically, right? And I know that data. I can hold that data and it gives me a gut feeling. And I'll base my gameplay on that gut feeling. But here, I can't worry about that because I don't know if at sundown is two out, four out, or if we're all joining another rainbow tribe. They're, they're, yeah. The rules are not the same. And yeah. so, no, I, I never thought about saying, I, I don't even think I remembered our my color being red. I only remember yellow or like yeah. bozo. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I wasn't ever really thinking about what was the other colors of the other uh, team? What was your color? Uh, a pony. A pony is blue. Oh, what are you talking about? You're talking about for like, the force? When we came together, the four, like the. We were the, green. We were green. Okay, yeah. So I never, I never sat down like green and red. Who do we get rid of? I never thought that out. I was looking at once we came together on this day, whose strengths could stay and whose strengths don't fit the team. That's more of what I was leaning towards. But And also knowing that we don't know how long the field day is going to last. Are we staying into a day two of that? It didn't seem to serve my mind to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because there's definitely a lot of other people in our tribe already thinking about, you know, keeping four green strong versus the red and your your vote out will – We'll talk about that, but it has a little okay, bit sweet. of um, implications. Yeah. But there's a lot of that, and I, and it passed me by. Like it, I'm, I'll be honest with you, because it, I was the same way. I thought it was like a field day. Like what's all seven yellow? We're all gonna make it to you know to the merge or whatever. Like that yeah. whole mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I think the game really did pass me by. Um, I, I mean, and it makes sense. Like you're competitive, like me, and in my in Survivor, there were days where my competitiveness took over more than my strategy. And so, yeah, like having that pass you by, it is, it is a, uh, a lapse. But at the same time, I knew going in that 
competition for me has always been something that just clouds my judgment. I am yeah. here to compete. But yeah. at the end of the day, we have to remember, I remember Adam um, saying this, the, comp- the competitions are just a small part of the overall game. And so kid me on Survivor at 24, can't teach me that at all. And then here, again, without that money dictation, without that million dollars, I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about that. I'm going to help the team as long as I can help the team. And if I can't eventually, then that's fine. I just felt a lot freer. And I totally see why players who are coming in where a lot of players on our team, this was their survivor. Like this is their survivor experience. It totally makes sense why they would be running numbers in that way. Cause they're playing the fast paced game that Jeff teaches you to play. You hit the ground running. Yeah. I, I'm trying to run and hit that ball. I'm trying to get the clown's coins. You know, like that was really my mindset. I'm trying to get the clown's coins. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, obviously, you know, you're just talking about some of the differences mm-hmm. between playing a 39 day game and a uh, four or five day game. Um, obviously this impacts not just strategy, but also, you know, the challenges, what was it like playing so many challenges back to back to back to back compared to having a day yeah, or two? Of it really rest makes you think about what your body can sustain because survivor, obviously not a vacation, but we play one challenge every three days and that challenge can be grueling, but then you're giving your body three days of still no food to kind of rest and recoup. And those three days in between challenges, as I'm sure like most fans know, we do nothing. I lay on the beach in one spot. You don't get up. You don't walk around because you really don't have the energy. You're not really doing too much. You obviously are getting up to socialize and play that part of the game, but you're not, you're not expending any more energy than you should. Or like most people are, you know, like Nora, Nora's out doing yoga in the ocean and that's just going to be Nora. And that's how it is. (laughs) Um, And so in this five day game, I felt more willing to give it all on the field day without much thought of what's to come. You can do anything for five days. You could do anything for five days. We can all start for five days. You know, if you really wanted to, if you really needed to, and I believe that we could still expend a hundred percent each go for that short amount of time. Now, if it was a 39 game, a 39 day game, even with three days in between, some people still were not giving 100% in each challenge. And that's just, you know, like that's just a personal preference to keep your body going because you would hate to lose something because your body failed you. And I just wasn't, I didn't feel that in my body that of those five days, I think my body could have kept going. But for me, this is, this goes into like a little bit after the challenge. Is it okay to keep talking past the challenge? It's um, your world. Okay, sweet. I love that. Thank you. Wow. Um, so like after our field day, my body was fine to keep going with the, the constant like game, 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 game. But for me, what really snapped me back into the reality of the world was I didn't tell my team. I maybe told a few people as we were talking about it more, but when we got back to camp that night, it was going to rain. We all knew it was going to rain. You could see it in the sky. And I just said, guys, tonight is going to suck. If you have to cry, if you need to yell to get through it, do that. Don't feel afraid. Don't feel embarrassed. What we do on Survivor to get through a rainy night in Fiji, you genuinely wouldn't believe. And I feel like a lot of the alumni don't really talk about the the dark sides of it. But dark stuff comes out when you're in that much physical pain. And I personally, I had another game, another reality show that when I landed, so I went on my date, stayed up all night, flew to Macomb. When I landed in Macomb, I knew 
that I was going to get casted in a brand new TV show. So I had just gotten my spot and couldn't talk about it at that time because the NDAs and stuff. And so going into this experience, I know that I'm going back to Fiji in about, we played in June, in about two months, I'm going back to Fiji and I'm competing again and I'm going to be starving for a month again. And so when we go to sleep that night, I say, I say, guys, it's going to be hard. It's going to be rough. That night, I needed that night. I intensely needed to have that hard night because laying there wide awake, it shocked my system in all the ways that I needed to because to go play a survival level game again for 30 days, I was like, oh, you're not ready. If you feel a little bit uncomfortable tonight on this farm on a five-day game, mentally you are not ready to do it, what you have to do to last 30 days even just a little bit of discomfort. And I was so disappointed in myself as I was feeling that discomfort. Um, and I, I, I allowed it to come as it did, but I just, in my mind, I was like, you're gonna lose that game. You're gonna go do your second reality TV show, which you have been asking for. I've been asking for another shot to go back to Fiji. And you're gonna lose because mentally you had not prepared or done what it takes. And that just felt haunting to admit to myself as the rain is coming down and I'm also uncomfortable. And so that whole night was just me talking to myself, trying to give myself positive self-talk, but just, dude, here's all the things I see now after having this night, what you need to do to get ready. If you, and I wanna win, I want to win a reality show. You know, before I, before I give them up in the next couple of years, I would love to have that first place finish. And, and knowing that full-heartedly, it changed my perception of what I was doing in the moment. Like that moment changed everything. So then we wake up and go into the next day and the bozos are doing well, but you can tell that that night of sleep, I know my clowns, like that field day, I know my clowns like with my eyes closed. And I can tell, even though I told them guys, like it's gonna be a hard night, it was a hard night for some of them. And so going to the challenges, I'm like, all right, we're gonna lose something today. And more than likely we are gonna go to tribal. But the field day yesterday, I have never in my life felt so connected to a random group of strangers. And so when we did get that loss, I, I knew that it was inevitable. I knew that it was just a time, like a, they need time to rest, you know? S survival out there, it is hard. And it was, I, it was harder on that land than it was in Fiji. And so I knew our loss was coming because we were giving so much energy. And having that night before, I was like, you know what? I need to leave. I, I need to leave? What does that mean? I don't quit things. I don't like to leave things. And I also don't want to let my team down. You know, I remember Jason pulling me aside. He was saying, my game's going to struggle if you leave. And I was just like, I know, you know, like rationally, I know I get that two big athletic players protecting each other is safer than one by himself. Me leaving made you a target and me leaving probably placed you lower in overall standing than where you probably would have gone. And I promise you that just, it tore me up inside. But again, going back to like, I don't know what the prize money for this game show that I'm playing in two months, but that money can change my family's life. You know, like that money, my mom is a single mom and she worked three jobs her whole life and it still was not enough. And we still didn't have food a lot of times. My dad was nowhere to be found. And my grandma was a babysitter for 30 years. And before that, she has memories of slavery. Like she literally can remember even her name 
was given to her by her owner. It wasn't a name that her parents were allowed to give to her. And so I carry that and that's so heavy. And so like, I felt the weight that I would, that, that me leaving this game would cause to my team. But at the same time, I had to do like my real life, my future life, my family's real life. I ha- I have to prepare for that. And so it was such a, it was such an emotional, sad day. I went through a lot of emotions. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that decision, and I can't, I can't talk about, uh, the show will come out soon, but yeah, I can't talk about the show, but I am, I am happy about my decision. Good. Yeah. Um, and thank you for being so, uh, open and honest and, and mm-hmm. real right there. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, it was a game and, you know, in the moment, the team, the, I mean, the green team, the, the former green team saw our connection and they were threatened mm-hmm. by it because in their mind, red pulled me over and now it's red and, and Jason, mm-hmm. you know, even though we're all bozos, right. They're thinking long-term. Um, so mm-hmm. there, I mean, part of me and part of us, there were some of us that were going to just keep you around against your, 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 <laughs> your will, I guess. Um, and you know, obviously it didn't go that way. And we all voted to send you because we could, we could tell in your heart that you just needed to go and do your yeah. other thing. And, and because we love you so much, that's yeah. the choice we made. We did it for you. And, Dude, you know, I mean, that's, cry. that's how, that's how it goes. And you were genuine. And, and I think you, you said you wanted us to experience this for longer because yeah. you had done it. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, Again, it's a five day game for fun. And, and yeah. uh, you, you, the thing for me, and I'll let you talk a little more about it. But the thing for me is that we, I got, I didn't win. And even if, you know, it, to me, the win wasn't the biggest deal. I, I did win because I, I got, you know, 23 new friends or however mm-hmm. many people play. Yeah. 23 yeah. new friends. So like, that's for me the, the the biggest part of this game was the fact that that we connected with so many people and we still communicate with each other and I think mm-hmm. that's that's huge. Yeah, no, I I was worried about that. Like, I couldn't share. I don't remember exactly what I told y'all, but I couldn't share a lot of what was happening because of the NDA. I had just signed it like that day that I was getting there, the <laughs> the first day of the game. So I and I yeah. actually didn't have much to share other than I know I'm leaving. I'm on it. Um, but it did as a strategist, right. And I know I'm still in the game. It would benefit y'all to just keep me around. And I remember us going into our little huddles when like we had just lost and I was like, guys, I need to leave. I have Mm -hmm. to leave. Like I, 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 it's, it, it's becoming like life or death for me. Like I have to go prepare for this. And in my mind, I was like, listen, I'm not in every single conversation. So maybe you could keep me. And there was a moment of that back there in our huddles. And I, I remember going to like every individual huddle and I was like, it has to be me. It really does. And on the like equal to that, there's no reason. I know it would benefit some of your games, but we played together as a unit on on um, field day. We were the clowns. And I know we all have individual needs. And for some individuals, it's good to keep me. For some individuals, it may have been better to let me go. And I don't know who those people are because I never got too in the weeds of our strategy. But I just, on that field day, we were a solid team. And more than anything, y'all should stay a solid team. 
this is your experience. This is your survivor experience, you know? And also knowing that I'm getting to go do another one, it really, there was just like so much, like I felt, I felt guilt. I felt ashamed. I felt pressure. I felt sad. Like, and so I, I was, I'm just going to guide you a little bit. Cause I was there for your exit interview yeah. with Andy. And I remember watching you explain everything really kind of help yeah me understand where your head was at because mm-hmm. it was a bit confusing to see from the production side yeah. at the time but after the exit interview i really well first off i really felt your passion about everything because mm-hmm. i was very confused by it by first like well this isn't someone who gives up you know Never. like this is this yeah. is totally out of character and i could actually see you struggle with that side of it like i'm doing something that's out of character yeah but the other half that i'd love for you to talk more is just what you're kind of leaning into which is Mm -hmm. you had an experience and then you have an upcoming experience Mm -hmm. and even if it's just one person who gets to spend another hour in the game you know that that is worth it to you so i love like what was the you know you talked about the personal side and what you had in the future coming but i'd love for you to expand more on the side of what realizing like what this experience meant to you yeah. and what you realize it meant to everyone that you're with and why it mattered to give them as much of the experiences that they could possibly have. Yes, definitely. Um, for the field day, the field day and that night of sleep for me are my two big, just like I will hold those two moments in my life probably forever. They just really changed me. And having these group, literally we're misfits. Like we're not super great at every, at anything. And yet here we are winning. Why? Because we're that connected. And why are we that connected? Because we all share a love for this game. Our love for this game is literally physically changing us and making us better at things that we would not be able to do every day. I was witnessing magic on the field. And to witness that for people who may never, getting to play Survivor, it is a lottery ticket, right? I got very lucky. I made a video, they called me the next day. I was on the island within three months. That is not the normal story. I don't know how long Jason has been applying, but like everyone on our team, we probably, on our team, we probably have 20 years worth of applications sent in to CBS and no one getting an answer. And that is just heart-wrenching. And to see what everyone on our team is capable of, everyone on our team deserves to play. Will they get to? Honestly, probably not. And so having that in my mind as well and like seeing the joy that we all felt, this is your experience, dude. Like, this is like you getting to play Survivor and hats off to production because you made it so real. I felt like I was playing Survivor, you know, so I know how real it is and I see what it's doing to my teammates. There's no and I've never felt this in my life. I said this in my exit interview. I'm here to win. I'm here to find a way to win no matter what. And for the first time in a very competitive nature, I'm OK not like I'm really OK not. And I'm OK not because that means that one of the bozos will. And I, all I wanted was for a clown to win the game, period. I didn't care who of us got to do it. And I've never had that mentality, like I was saying earlier. I've always, I want to win. I want first place. No, that field day, the look on all of our faces, just running around acting like literal clowns. I want that to stay together as long as possible. And also, it is a game. So eventually, y'all are going to attack each other. You are going to lie to each other and manipulate. But I want us frozen. I'm such a cancer. I want us frozen in that moment in time where all we did was come together, love each other and do the impossible. And it felt like me leaving accomplished that as well. You don't have to fight 
You don't have to lie to each other. You have at least, I don't know the parameters of this five-day game, but you, I'm giving you six more hours of unity and staying together. If you keep winning together, you'll never have to do those things that are so traumatizing. And a big part of my trauma from the reality shows is building these bonds, these deep bonds to trust someone. If I would have had to vote out Jason or he vote me out in like an actual way, it really does crush me. It changes me. And that's why watching the shows back for me are so hard. I'll do it if it means that my grandma, who was a literal slave, does not have to work a day in her life. I will do it and I will hurt you, but I don't want to. And so to give our team that, like another couple of hours of unity before it gets really hard, especially because everyone wants to play so hard because it's so important to them. That really mattered to me too. So it was just super emotional. It was just super emotional. I love that. I love that you um, that you feel you feel every piece of it. Yeah. You're just, you are a Pisces. You're not a Cancer. Get Dude, out I here. am a Pisces too. You're a total Pisces. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. And I was feeling it, dude. I loved our team so much. I literally have our um, the vote out the things on my wall, and I see it every day. It's in my favorite part of my house that I bought because just having a group like that come together, we became a family. And yeah. My family is, like I said, they're not very close and there has been a lot of pain there. And I just felt I had a lot of healing in that journey. And it felt like the biggest gift that I could give and also be able to go prepare to take care of my biological family. So it just, it felt, it felt good. And it felt good to still show up and be on the sidelines and watch you guys win. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it felt good to have you there. Like I told you, you were, you were... You are our hype man, our cheerleader, and at least having you there for that the rest of that day was yeah. it was so instrumental in um into in our success, at least that mm-hmm. early morning and the things that we did. Um, definitely. Uh what um go ahead. I have an how much time do we got? Do we got No, we got I don't wanna No no, you're good. Okay. You're good. Um I'd love to hear um your take on the, the survival challenge community. You know, I just talked mm-hmm. about how you found a family with us and that's so cool. You're already talking about how m- you felt like you were playing survivor again. I think that's a shared experience from every survivor that we've had on survival challenge. Uh, but I'd also love just to hear your take on what you have gotten out of the experience of after you were done playing and then watching the people play and then coming back for the reunion and then also just keeping in touch with people after the whole thing was over What's your experience with that been like? Yeah, uh, I just love, and I will keep saying it because it's something that I'm working on in therapy, the acceptance that my family is not as close as I would wish. You know, I want to have those holidays going home and I don't have that. And so when I have moments like this and I've had, I've been very lucky. I was in the military. um, I played basketball for the Air Force team. And I've had these communities that have just transcended what I have known to be love. And this was one of those moments for me, for us all to come together. Like, and like we said, for my vote out, it was not to their advantage to vote me out. They should have dragged me kicking and screaming. And you know what? That could have been their game. And that is a solid strategy. So what does that say that all these people put aside their, they love this game so much and they're willing to put aside a clown did not win our game. And potentially this moment of putting my real life needs above their own could have caused that. I take that so seriously and I just, it just, it validates the love that I know that we all feel for each other, that the game didn't matter as much what we feel. 
And I am chasing that. I'm chasing that in every experience, every single interaction that I have. I want it to have that level of love in it. I want that love in my life because I was lacking it for so long as a child. And so to have this community, after I left that first day, I drove up to Bloomington, Illinois, to visit friends that um, were in a movie that I got, that I was in a while back. And getting to have that experience with them, I wasn't supposed to see them. I, I, like, I couldn't get to see them, and I haven't seen them in two, three years. But to have that love with them and then get to come back and have more love here, I winning means nothing. Love means everything. And all weekend, that entire week, all I got was love. And it it was just life-changing. And to see that our love was for Survivor. There's a lot of pain and trauma around Survivor for alumni. And that weekend, that was not existent. It it was literally just people showing up with a commonality. And it it was everything for me. I'm so thankful. I'm so appreciative to everyone on the production team and to my castmates for that because it changed. It changed like a big part of my life. I no longer wanted to be competitive. Like what? I am competitive. I will beat you right now. If you want to like dare me to drink a cup of beer, I will beat you drinking it. I don't like beer, but dare me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like to have that love, I know that I know where competitiveness holds for me, but love will always be number one. And I was willing to, I was able to get past a big part of my competitive trauma because I felt so loved. So yeah, the weekend, the week was everything. It was a cool week. I would do it every day. I'll show up every day and I will be a cheerleader for the rest of my life to these events because it was just very fulfilling. I love that. That is yeah. like that is like the best um, commercial for Survival Challenge that <laughs> I've probably ever heard. Actually, William, you might want to get her on like a promo video for <laughs> applications next season. Duly noted. Duly noted. She's definitely she's definitely a one in that in that department. Um, all right, uh, Missy, do you feel like you have? gotten it out got the therapy session out do you feel good about do you have anything else you want to talk about anything else that comes to mind no I knew I would cry going into this just because the clowns hold that place in my heart so you know what we got the cry over with uh I think we're good oh you know what I want to shout out to my therapist Sherry we really did this thing we are moving through some real life traumas and here we all finding love in every aspect of our lives I love you very much and I love my clowns dude I love the clowns so much in a, you know, we try to capture as much as we can on cap, uh, camera, but I think one of the biggest things that we miss is things like camp life and whatnot, especially in the after hours, you know, and I find like there's a lot of goofy, fun moments that I have. Mm -hmm. Is there a good clown moment that you know wasn't captured on camera that you'd love to have like recorded? For everyone to hear? Ooh, okay. This is a hard question for me because a big part of the reality shows a big part of the training to do well in reality shows is to let go of the existence of the camera. I need to be able to perform mm -hmm. whether the camera is present or not. Um, around camp, mm, I mean, our tent and the way it looked, I think we have photos of it. That tent that first night with the red team, <laughs> I have never seen a more abysmal, I wouldn't, I like camping. I like off-roading. I like, like, I would never stay there. I would never rent that Airbnb. I would give it such negative ratings. That was the worst camping experience of my life that first night. And simply because we could not find a way to put it together. Um, I think um, if I can interrupt real quick, Missy, yeah. I think I, I don't remember any funny things that happened, but I will mm -hmm. say um, 
if there was a camera in camp on the second night, the Ooh. night from hell where we yeah. were just sitting on the box, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would have showed some realness. Maybe not funny, but I mean, because we <laughs> all eight of us went through it. I mean, yeah, I was. I was a I was a mess. Like it was the, yeah. one of the hardest nights I've ever spent. Um, so I think William, to answer your question, and, and Missy mm. might might agree. I I don't. I mean, obviously, she asked to go home after that night, not just because of that night, but it did definitely play a part in in her decision. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think if we can get some cameras in camp next season. You'll see, like that was a tough, tough, tough night. Yeah, you could see. Uh, the reason why I told everybody getting to camp that night to see clouds is ominous. But when you live in the jungle for that long, and I've been, I've been in the, I've lived in the jungle for a lot of days now between the two games. To to see clouds like that, and to know what's to come, and to know it in my body, and the shaking and the yelling that might happen, um, that fear that visceral feeling of like, damn, I might not make it. I really may not make this. That definitely should be captured. And like, it's not funny, but it is, it's the human condition. It is the human experience. And I think, like I said, that night for me, it showed me, I was, I'm, I've survived a uh, rain season in Fiji. So that night, it's not going to break me. But if I'm feeling even 3% uncomfortable that night, which I was, I can't, like just my, if you would have had a camera on my face, you would have at real time seen my mind realizing you, you will not win. You're not, you're not strong enough. You're breaking. Mm. And you would see that because I was thinking that constantly. Like if I can't get through this without discomfort, if I can't lift them up the whole time, then I'm not ready to do another reality show. And yeah. And another thing is just that the strongest bonds that I've seen within tribes and survival challenge has been through some of the toughest weather yeah. and the toughest nights. And I think that absolutely applies here where there is a, a there's a weird, uh, I don't even know exactly how to describe it. When you, there's a weird bonding process that happens through it's, terrible it's experiences. Yeah. It's trauma bonding. Yeah. It's literally called <laughs> so, trauma bonding. <laughs> You, you guys, it, it may, may not be a funny thing. It may not be a happy thing, but the resulting experience after of we all lived through this, we all made it past this, mm -hmm. and we're all able to share this experience together and talk about it in a way that no one else will understand. That is something that is special that links you guys forever. Yes. Yeah. If you look at all of my, because like I said, I'm chasing love in my interactions and in everyday life. If you look at every relationship in my life, every person that I hold dear, call them best friend, talk to them very often, we've had a trauma bonding experience. Military, basic training, what is that? It's trauma bonding. Mm, hell yeah, face, it is. Yeah, like you have your face in the mud. You have your, the cadre is pushing your face deeper in the mud. And the only thing not stopping you is because if you stop, the person next to you is going to get even more pain. Trauma mm -hmm. bonding. I'm here for you. You're here for me. It creates solid relationships. I talk to Jason every single day. Every single day I check in with him. He knows my emotions day to day. And because we had that trauma bonding experience, the trust, I, I bought my house. I'm building this fireplace. I stopped halfway through. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to hire somebody. Don't care about the money. The trust that I have in his words and him as a human because of what we went through together, he knows, he knows me on a deep level because of that trauma bond. So it's like, put your big boy pants on. Stop crying. 
and go do it because you can do it. I'm not going to listen to anybody say that. I don't care if a person on the street says, hey, blah, blah, blah. I trust this man. There's a trust there. And that trust propels me forward in life. So yeah, trauma bonding is a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And there was a lot of trauma that night. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh I have never been so wet and miserable. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's all the time we have for this show. Okay. But before we sign off, well, first let me ask William if he has any more questions. That's that's rude of me. William, do you have any more no, questions? No, I mean, I'm I'm feeling very satisfied. I You got Missy to cry. No, that's ex- satisfying. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> Look, some my favorite moments in Survival Challenge and my favorite people are the ones that discover new things within themselves. And uh, I this was not on my bingo card to see what I thought was one of the most competitive people I've ever witnessed realized <laughs> that like, wow, I can actually change that part of myself. Yeah. Like that's a huge part of your personality. And so like yeah. to see you come to that realization, mm-hmm. that that's real, you know? And so that was fascinating to watch and that's some of the stuff that i live for with this event man it's just you know obviously for the love of the game and for the commonality that bonds us but from the experience that actually changes us Mm -hmm. that's something that you can't put a price on yeah Yeah. and that's i'm extremely forever thankful to this experience and to y'all's team for putting this together and laying the groundwork for me to have that realization in real time i'll forever be thankful that's why um, I messaged John and I asked him for one of the coins. I was like, I, I got to hang this somewhere because this has been an experience that I need to carry with me for the rest of my life. I am not, I am a competitor, but more than that, I am a human that is seeking and searching for love and that love competition will never be above that. And I don't think I could have said that with, with my gut before that moment in that game. So I, mm. I'm gonna carry it with me. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so before we before we wrap up, um, I always give my guests the opportunity to address the world and say it doesn't have to be Survivor or Survival Challenge or, or anything related, but just just anything you want to say to the people listening, just from the heart. Mm. Text somebody today. Text somebody today and tell them you love them and tell them how much they mean to your life. unwarranted, unasked for, but someone that you really care about, your life would be so different without them. Tell them that for me, and that would be really cool. Um, If you like house projects, I will be doing, I'm finishing my fireplace today. I'm posting all the positive stuff and also the negative breakdown stuff on Instagram. It's really funny. And I'm going to be building a fireplace and completing a fence for the rest of the summer. We may be putting in archery, arch, archery boards. I want to be Katniss. So if you want to follow along and also give advice and tips so I don't bother Jason every single day, please do. Please message me. Please reach out. Um, but more than anything, share the love with somebody. Let's all love someone really deeply. Wonderful. And where can people follow you so we can find out when we can watch you in Fiji again? Oh, yeah. I guess I should... The show uh, is called Fight to Survive. It The trailer is not out yet, but there are news articles out about it, so I can talk about that. We all go to Fiji once again. It's a mashup of Survivor and of the challenge. Uh, it's a brainchild. So there's one producer from each show. They come together, Ooh. and you live, you live on the island. Um, you live on the island, so very Survivor-like format. 
is a lot of politicking. But then at the end of the day, you can go fight in the arena. And so it's it's it really is the brainchild. It's a mashup if the two came together. It comes out in June. And my Instagram, all my handles are the same. It's just the Missy Bird. And I'll be talking about it and posting about it more. I'm doing a really cool fruit sponsorship with Miami Fruit down in Miami. They send me tropical fruit. And I eat that tropical fruit and I share some really cool experiences <laughs> from the jungle. And so I really love it. If you like tropical fruit. <laughs> <That's dope. laughs> if I... you like. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I can't. I, I just, every time I see your stories and you're like eating fruit, I'm like, like she has the life. Like they just send her fruit and she just eats it. Like, okay, that's pretty cool. I am a young jungle lad. Like I really do belong in the jungle. Without all that strategy and politicking, I would just be out there anyway. You know, all that is just a yeah. bonus, but I want to live shoes off on the beach in paradise. Yeah. And getting to eat that fruit and share those stories for me, it's been very, I forget the name, the word for it, but you know, when you smell a candle, and you're back to that memory. I can eat that mm. coconut, that uh, that sprouted coconut, or eat that mango, and I'm back in the jungle. And it's really helping me tell those stories in a very authentic way. So if you want to hear some stuff that I haven't talked about, check them out when it comes out. And then in June, we will have watch parties for when when the show comes out. That's awesome. awesome. Mm. All right. Um, before I wrap up, I just want to say that um, – I want to thank you for coming on and tell you that you should never chase love because love is going to find you because you're a good person. Oh, I love you. I love you I so much. I want you to know that. Thank you. You thank don't need you. to chase anything. It's going to come to you. I feel that. I do feel that. All right. Oh. I, I love you, Missy. Dude, we're Pisces and I love you so much. I love you so much. <laughs> Everyone here in Denver, they know your name as if they have met you. They're like, oh, what did Jason say when you had your breakdown about that one piece of tile? He told me to keep going. I yeah. love you. I could not do what I am doing in this house without you. And that's been an integral part of this story of loving myself and also receiving that love from others and having friends show up in that way and show that I do have that love. So you would, I love you so much. And don't worry, as soon as, um, as, soon as we go ahead and visit Rhea's mom out there, we're going to definitely, we're going to hook up. Yes, 100%. All right. All right, whew. Now I gotta, I gotta exhale. <laughs> We're all gonna cry. Yeah, we are. I know, right? <laughs> we signed up for the emotional podcast. Yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to check out the Behind the Player podcast on your favorite streaming services. You can also watch the video version later on the Survival Challenge YouTube page. Remember, Survival Challenge is no longer accepting applications for season 10, but you can still donate or volunteer to help with the show. Head on over to survivalchallenge.net for more information. And I'm out.